Transformation Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for that there was a Daniel. There was a Daniel, Lord, and that there was a night in which you revealed so much to him in dreams and visions. Thank you for Daniel's diligence to write him down. Thank you for preserving it to give us this morning. And thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to teach them to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Daniel chapter 7, verse 1. Daniel 7, verse 1, where we read, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his, his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my visions by night, and behold, four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth, and stand made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second, like to the bear. And it raised up itself on one side. It had three ribs in his mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. And this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful, terrible, strong exceedingly, and it had great teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue of the feet of it. It was diverse from all the other beasts and it was that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as a burning fire. A fiery stream 
issued and came forth from before him. Thousand, thousands ministered unto him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set, the books were opened. I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld till even till the beast was slain, his body destroyed, given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. There was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, language to serve him is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. So what this is all about in this chapter here, what we've just been reading here, this chapter is showing the worst of man when he has power over the earth. This is seen in four world kingdoms, symbolized by four horrible beasts that rise out of a stormy sea, a tempestuous sea. The lion, the first one, the lion with wings, that represents the kingdom of Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. The bear with the three ribs in his mouth, that represents the world kingdom of the Medes and the Persians, and the voice that came to that beast saying, devour much flesh. The leopard, the third one, the leopard with wings, represents the world kingdom of the Greeks, under Alexander the Great. And the terrible beast, the last one, the fourth one, the terrible beast that couldn't even be likened to any other animal with iron teeth represents the brutal 1,000 year world empire of the Romans under the Caesars with the voice that called for it to devour and to break in pieces and to stamp in feet in many pieces. So each of these world kingdoms looked as though they were indestructible and they would continue. But verse nine tells us how every one of these four mighty kingdoms had the same history. When it says, verse nine, I beheld till the thrones were cast down. Each one of these world empires with their kings all met at the same place in verse 10, where it says, the judgment was set and the books were open. In this scene of this judgment, in verse 13, that Daniel is surprised to see this person emerge who is described in verse 13. Behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds in heaven. Now, up until now, Daniel has used symbols to represent these kingdoms, to represent the, the symbol of the lion, the bear, the leopard, and the terrible beast. Now he switches, Daniel switches to a literal description of the person he says is the son of man. Now it's interesting because in all of the Hebrew scriptures, in all the Old Testament, all the Hebrew scriptures, we have never seen, we have never read this Hebrew title of the son of man. In all the Hebrew scriptures, this is the only time, the only real time, when the term the Son of Man is used. Now, you might, when you hear that, you might say, now wait a minute, or maybe you're on your phone doing a quick search, or you're turning to your concordance in the back of your Bible, and you're saying, hold on a second, the word Son of Man, the title Son of Man, is used a lot 
in the Old Testament, and that's true. You will find the title Son of Man appears in the Old Testament 107 times. It's used throughout the Old Testament. But it's not that term, Son of Man. The term Son of Man in the Hebrew does not exist. The issue is that what has been translated as the Son of Man and which appears 107 times in the Hebrew Scriptures is not saying the Son of Man. As a matter of fact, the most used title, which is translated Son of Man, is used for the prophet Ezekiel, where in the translation Ezekiel, he's called the Son of Man over 80 times. But the problem here is that all of the translations of the Hebrew, where it says it's translated Son of Man, they're wrong, they're wrong. There's not one translation in any language at least the languages that I could understand. There's no translation of English, of French, of German, of Spanish, of Italian, and I can't read Swahili, so I don't know. There's no translations of the Hebrew scriptures that has it correct, that has a correct translation. In all of those 107 times where the Hebrew scriptures were translated, in all these languages, when they're translated Son of Man, this Hebrew doesn't say Son of Man. In every one of those 107 cases, the Hebrew says, son of Adam, son of Adam, ben Adam. And they all mistranslated as son of men. It all should have been son of Adam. And it's only this unique verse here in verse 13, Daniel 7, 13, that actually has the literal son of man, bar isha. I mean, it's not even similar letters, Adam and Isha, I don't know. But, but verse 13 is the only Hebrew, only place in the Hebrew scriptures that really reads son of man. All those other times of 107 times, translations got it wrong, son of man. It really says son of Adam, ben Adam. And so why did the translators mistranslate when they, in the translate uh, son of man? I'll tell you, I don't know. They didn't ask me, what can I say? But you, then you might say, well, so What? So what? What's the difference? Is there a difference between saying son of Adam and son of man? There's a big difference. And the difference is really seen and understood from Romans 5.12. Romans 5.12. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. This one man, who Romans 5.12 is talking about, through whom sin entered the world and death by sin, was Adam. That was Adam. So the Bible points to one person, Adam, as the singular person who sinned and brought sin and death into the world on us. And that's because Romans 5.12 goes on to say, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and the world by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So what that's saying is that because of Adam, death was passed on all men, all of us, and therefore our sin. That means that to call a person a son of Adam is to call a person the descendant of Adam on whom sin was passed. Because like Adam, the issue is that the sons of Adam are all sinful. So to call a person a son of Adam is to call a person another sinful descendant of Adam. 
To call a person the son of Adam is to say that person is as sinful as Adam was. For example, if you wanted to refer to a person as a part of the group of Romans 3.23, Romans 3.23 that says, for all have sinned, then you would say, for all the sons of Adam have sinned. You would say a person included in this group of Romans 3.23, all have sinned, you would call that person a son of Adam. But on the other hand, if you wanted to describe a person, someone who was described as 2 Corinthians 5.21, 2 Corinthians 5.21, who knew no sin, if you want to describe that person, you would not call that person a son of Adam. If you want to describe a unique priest, like Hebrews 4.15 does, Hebrews 4.15, where it says, for we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. If you want to describe that priest as having yet without sin, you would not call that priest a son of Adam. This is because you would not call a sinless person a son of Adam. If you wanted to, to not refer to a person just as sinful as Adam was, then you would not call that person a son of Adam. On the other hand, if you wanted to express how a person is just part of humanity, part of humanity, if you wanted to say that a person is just as human as everyone else, only not a sinner, you would call that person the son of man. And that is because the son of man does not look back to Adam like calling someone the son of Adam does. The son of man looks at the present. It looks across the whole of humanity, across the whole of mankind, Son of man means to be intimately linked with current humanity of mankind. To call someone the son of man means to say that a person is closely and intimately linked to man or the human race. For a person who would be described as John 1.14, John 1.14, where John 1.14 says, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, you would describe that person who was made flesh, you would call that person the son of man. Describe a, someone, describe a person who is described in Philippians 2.7, Philippians 2.7, where the description is, a person made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. To describe a person as made in the likeness of men, you would call that person a son of man. And if you wanted to describe a person described in Hebrews 2.14, Hebrews 2.14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise himself took part of the same. You would describe the person who was partaker of flesh and blood and was likewise took part of the same of men. You would describe that person as the son of man. So this person in verse 13 of Daniel 7 is the only place in the whole of the Hebrew scriptures where this term, this title, son of man is used. Don't be misled when you read son of man in all the other places because it's saying son of Adam and there's a big difference. So now the question is when we come to verse 13 and the question is who is this son of man? Who is this son of man? Well, the question is answered in the next verse, which is verse 14, where it says, verse 13 and 14 together says, 
uh, Daniel 7. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was, here's the Son of Man, there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him, and his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom which shall not be destroyed. This person who is called the Son of Man, the only place in the Old Testament that first, this person who is uniquely called the Son of Man has a dominion given to him that is overall. He has a dominion which lasts forever, and his kingdom given him that's forever. This person we could sing the hallelujah chorus to. It was Revelation 11.15, Revelation 11.15, where the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. In Revelation 19.6, Revelation 19.6, it says, I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters, and as the voice of the mighty thunders, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Revelation 19.16, Revelation 19.16, he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. So what we're seeing here in Daniel 7.13, verse 13, is the Son of Man has an eternal dominion, has an eternal kingdom. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. Daniel 7.13 is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. His dominion is overall. His dominion is everlasting. His kingdom has no end. Revelations 11 and 19, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The Lord God omnipotent, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is the Bible's great secret that's only revealed here in the Old Testament, only revealed here in verse 13. The great secret that Daniel is telling us is that the Lord God omnipotent is also the Son of Man. And it's this link in verse 13 that reveals that the Lord is the Lord God omnipotent who's also the Son of Man. And that's the reason that of all the titles, all the titles that the Lord Jesus had, his favorite title was the Son of Man. And the Lord Jesus loved to call himself the Son of Man. He called himself the Son of Man over 80 times more than any other title for himself. And the reason the Lord Jesus loved to call himself the Son of Man, because every time he did, he was referring back to Daniel 7, 13, and 14, the only place where that really appears in the whole of the Old Testament, the only place where the Son of Man is used. He's referring back to it every time he says the Son of Man. Because when he's referring to it, he's referring to the Lord God omnipotent who became a man, a sinless man. He was the Son of Man. And not only that, that Daniel is the only place where the term son of man appears, Daniel is also the only place where the term the son of God appears as well, bar Elohim. And this appears when, you remember, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in the fiery furnace in Daniel 3.25, Daniel 3.25, when it says, he answered and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt. 
And the fourth, the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. The form of the other man is like the Son of God. Again, the link between God, the Son, and the Son of Man. So when the Lord Jesus referred to, to was referred to as the Son of God, when it says in Luke 135, Luke 135, again, Christmas verse, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Only one place in the Old Testament, in the scriptures for that matter, the Hebrew scriptures, where that term is uniquely used is in Daniel 3.25, the Son of God, pointing back to Daniel, all referring to this only place. So this is one of the reasons why the book of Daniel is so unique, because in no other place in the Hebrew scriptures do we have these titles for the Lord Jesus of Son of Man and Son of God. So he is revealing to us that the same person who was the Son of God, Bar Elohim, is also the Son of Man, Bar Yisha. Okay, this is the great secret that Daniel had revealed to him. God the Son is also the Son of Man. This was the great secret that the Lord Jesus asked his disciples if they knew. Did you, do you know the secret? When he posed to them this question in Matthew 16, 13, Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, and one of the prophets, he saith unto him, whom say ye that I am? In other words, when he was saying that, he was saying, do you know the secret? Do you know the secret from Daniel? Do you know the secret from Daniel 3.25 and Daniel 7.13? Do you know it? His answer, because the Son of Man is also the Son of God, the Lord God omnipotent. That's why we call him Jehovah Jesus. Jehovah Jesus, because it's linking the Son of Man with God the Son, the Son of God. This is the great secret that was revealed in this verse in the book of Daniel, these verses in the book of Daniel. The great secret is that God himself would become a man, the Son of Man. That's the great secret. That's what Paul called. Ken said there's going to be an, a conference on the mystery of godliness. This is what Paul says is the mystery of godliness in Timothy 3.16, 1 Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. The Son of God became the Son of Man. That's the great mystery. That's the great secret. And these secrets, God has secrets. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But before God came as Jesus, it was not a secret to everyone. It wasn't. There were some that knew this great secret before Daniel. Eve, of all people, Eve, Chava, Eve, she knew this secret. And we can see that she knew the secret by the name that she gave to her first son, her firstborn, after her fall into sin. Genesis 4.1, Genesis 4.1. Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Now, that's not the way the Hebrew reads. Again, nobody asked me, so what can I do? The Hebrew reads that Eve said, Kaniti, it's very simple, Kaniti ish 
Et Yehovah. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.